Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. Split doing the damn thing. WWA. It was good job. Monday Night Raw was last night out in Kansas City, Missouri. Great crowd. A huge weekend in the wrestling world. Um, it was a, a bit odd, to say the very least, the opening segment. Listening to a lot of what the internet had to say, they weren't very pleased with the show. I could see certain spots of where uh, this displeasure would have come from. But all in all, I think WWE was putting forth an effort and uh, maybe gauging a not different part of the demographic, but just not the part of the demographic that was going to be happy with the results of the, you know, segments and such. Now, me personally, I enjoyed it. I liked Raw. I thought it was... uh, When you add up everything, I think the goods outweigh the bads. And... I personally can see the effort that WWE is putting forth to bring a much more entertaining and compelling product that draws you in to watch again next week. So, uh, I I hear where the internet is coming from, but I'm kind of looking at it like, well, I'm looking at it from that maybe y'all are acting a little too entitled, you know, but whatever. Let's get into the show because... Kofi comes out, you know, WWE champion. He's talking his talk. Seth comes out. You know, both of these guys are trying to get Brock Lesnar to cash in. That's a little, eh. Like, okay, it's definitely cool to see the champions want to, you know, get out and fight. And I think Corey kind of hit the nail on the head when he said they just want to get the rough part out of the way as quickly as possible. But this, this, this is all underneath the idea that Brock Lesnar is like gonna lose you know the time that he would decide to cash in we've all seen it happen plenty of times where they jumped in at the most opportune moments i think seth is more so really just trying to get it all out the way and uh we know how he won you know so i think he he knows he can uh fall back to that idea if uh all else goes uh left as far as his championship defense would go if Brock Lesnar would choose to cash in on him. Uh, this, uh, you know, so these guys talking, they call out Brock Lesnar, and out comes the beast. And uh, it was... <laughs> the, it, it was a nice try. I'll say this. If Brock Lesnar would have known, like, I assume, and I don't know, I could be completely wrong on this, but first of all, the beast in the box idea, great. It was hilarious. They, you know, capitalized off the meme last week. Now they've got more. Some people that are, you know, so quick with the, you know, quick at the draw with how fast the internet moves and understanding that. WWE knows and understands that also, and I don't, I don't think they care if you're going to be mad at them trying to double down on something that took flight last week and it was a great thing like I didn't really see too many of them I've heard of them I'm and I I didn't really uh I, I didn't care to look into it I I saw it from another standpoint like uh it was like God of War trolling but it's that's just me <laughs> you know I look at the product a little different but um it was uh it was 
it was a little little mechanical piece underneath the boom box and perhaps that was the off switch i think if they would have found that off switch earlier then the segment would have went or maybe maybe this is exactly where the segment was supposed to go maybe it went a little smoother you know i think the production truck or whoever's in charge of the music recognized that brock wasn't going to turn off the boom box and they just said we're gonna you know go with it and hit kofi's music then hit seth's music and this is after brock came out to some see what was it reggae tone oh man it was i guess that part of the demographic enjoyed it but anyway it was uh minus the mistakes and the the, sh- the just how long it stretched on I think Seth just walking out of the ring completely saved that part of the segment. Like, it it made me chuckle because it was like, man, what is this nonsense? And it just leaves. You know, he's Universal Champion. You're clearly not out here to fight. So, I liked that. It was good. And, uh, you know, Seth leaves. Oh, well, Paul Heyman, oh, you ruined Brock's party. And it's a Brock party and Seth Rollins. And Okay. They leave. Kofi Kingston jump goes out to the apron. While Kofi was heading to the apron, man, oh man, Dolph Ziggler came zooming in. It was just a great shot. How Ziggy came in from behind him, attacked. You know, this turned into a, another long segment. I mean, we went to commercial. Woods came out, saved Kofi. Good stuff. Great zigzag on the ramp. Woo! Man, that. That shit looked crazy. Pardon my PG. Man, that shit, it was good stuff. That was good. But the fight just, it, it dragged on. Woods came out, then they brought all over the arena. Uh, and Kofi came back out, saved his buddy. And that was good stuff. But I think that was like after the next commercial. And, and then, well, then, no, the commercial hit after Kofi came out for the save. And then that's when uh, Dolph came out. Well, he ran out through the crowd, came back out after commercial with the should have been me talk. Dolph is doing okay with that. It's 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 different. We'll say that it's definitely different. It's that. Are you going for a sympathetic role as a heel? Well, I I don't. I don't want to say I don't know how to read it, but it's like, you know, Dolph Ziggler has been doing this, this, this act for a while now. Like I liked how he did it with Miz, and they, they really, you know, pushed that story. But I, I've been, you know, just you know checking around and keeping to the pulse, and it's, it's the internet is mainly saying what, what more stories can Dolph Ziggler tell? You know, like I like Dolph Ziggler personally. Personally, I, you know, I'm in college right now, and I, uh, I see Dolph Ziggler as my, you know, form of schooling. Like I'm going to school and learning, and I have to do, you know, assignments. So now these are the obstacles, and here comes Dolph attacking Kofi like that. I think everyone feels their ways about, you know, the champions and tries to make connections and such like that. And, so, you know, I, I like how, you know, Dolph being a Kent State Hall of Famer, being one of the greatest, you know, in-ring performers of our generation, you know, he's he's back out there and he's trying to, you know, lay claim to the championship. Why not? It's 
it's a good time for it to happen whilst everyone is accustomed to uh, not your giant Brock Lesnar body-esque, you know, champion. So right now it's pretty good. And Dolph Ziggler doing the crybaby bit because that's what some people are calling it. Again, it's like uh, he was a little more intense this week, but I think he can continue to build on that passion and get that much more intense as his promos leading into Super Showdown a week from Friday, streaming live on the WWE Network goes. I think he can really, you know, continue building into that. So, um, all in all, long segment. It had bright spots with some of the athleticism. Had, a, you know, good stuff with the crowd, you know, being out there and Throwing the garbage can, the cam- cameraman got covered, or the the camera got covered. It was just good TV. It gave more of a you know reality to the fight, and um, uh, it, it was just different. It's different. I don't know if we want to you know go that long without having some excuse me in ring action. Um, again, I mean, like I said, I liked it for the most part, you know, but it was just like, man, this, this segment is kind of dragging on. Like, I feel like we're in segment three, but at the same time, it's still, you know, a work in progress. You're finding the, where they're finding the right, you know, the right mixture of all of the elements. So I could appreciate the alchemy and it's working. Like, I, I think people were still engaged in the fact that I was willing to, uh, really go into that first segment like that means it was at least somewhat compelling you know so good stuff i guess it was just a little long maybe next week uh you know we'll see uh, what else wwe throws at the wall creatively and and comes with because it's like they're not it's not bad you know it's not it's just not the greatest we've seen from them so, as we all give to each other and receive from each other, you know, just let it walk. The people are mad, but get over it. Let's let's get on to next week. Oh, Usos block party had a tent outside. I thought they were grilling inside for a minute, but whatever, that was fine. Tent outside. It was uh, funny stuff. It, it, you know they. They out there and they had everybody from, you know, the Royal Locker Room, you know, there and hanging out. And, you know, Titus was grill or was on the grill. And, you know, you got all of the main stuff that's going on surrounding the 24-7 championship. EC3 there with his cup being quiet. Dana Brooke was on deck. Had a couple of random talents, I'm sure. Uh, well, it was Drake Maverick, of course, you know, handing out the wanted posters. It's all, you know, uh comical stuff and I mean the 24-7 championship I'm time I'm no disqualifications pretty much means it's a hardcore match but we got a PG product so you can't say hardcore match okay now is it is it good you know so far I'm I'm enjoying it we're just uh I guess waiting to see how the uh, different aspects of the 24-7 championship come into play. And there's no rush on that. 
you know, if our truth is successfully defending uh, the championship, then, you know, so be it. And having him doing the runaround thing and him and Carmelo, like, on the run, it's nice. And there was a segment later on, I think a couple of segments later on, where, uh, you know, you saw our truths athleticism truly on display. So that was a good look for him. And, you know, it's just a fun little ongoing story. Like, I think it's building true continuity. And it's one of the, uh, it doesn't seem planned out. But looking at how that all went down last night with the way they were, just just how, we'll get into the segments. It It's good stuff that you can see that. Like, the way the spots are planned, it's real good. It's real nice. Like, it's. It's just, it's funny, it gives, it keeps, it calms things down, like what, comic relief in the moment, and, uh, yeah, that's that, so, you know, block party zone, revival's not invited, they say, but we'll continue with that as the night progresses, uh, cut backstage, Shane O'Mac, uh, interviewed by Charlie Caruso, what's going on, how's the Roman thing, or something like that, he says he's gonna have, he's gonna be in, in ring tonight, some competition. What? Who's taking on? We'll find out after the break. He got Drew McIntyre with him. That another. That was another weird, weird, weird spot on Raw. I'm not, not too sure how um, how, how any of this was making. I don't want to say sense. Maybe it was just you know small errors, or backstage miscues or what so have you. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like. This is just this is live television, baby. <laughs> you know, it's uh mistakes happen, you know, and these guys I know for a fact are totally capable of putting something together. Maybe, you know, things there was just small miscues last night and it is what it is. So Shane O'Mac's music hits. He goes out there with Drew and they get halfway down the ramp and Shane O's, you know, doing this quick old Shane O'Mac thing. And the music, well, not the music, but then he stops and he begins to shuffle back up the ramp. And Drew McIntyre, you know, he has a very, very dominating walk when he's in, when he's out there on camera. So he's walking forward and then you just see him start walking backwards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? And they go backstage. I guess they cut, well, then they cut the commercial, I guess they come back. And, you know, Shane is in the ring talking about uh, the Samoan dynasty and how long they've uh, been in a connection with the McMahon family and how they've taken over the wrestling landscape for so many generations. And we've got a, a very, very rich, rich Samoan history. I have a huge respect for all of them from High Chief Peter Maivia to Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans, to the Rock, to the Usos, to Shamaluda, to, of course, the big dog himself, Roman Reigns. So, you know, and I mean, the list can go on, you know, with Rikishi and, uh, man, who else? Yokozuna. You know, I, I, this is just, this is huge. These these guys are, you know, larger than life superstars that, and they're all from the same lineage. It's really dope how they all have, like, that same tat. It's just, you know, a part of the culture, you know? Like, it's, it's you have no choice but to respect this shit. I even throw some old Joe in there, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, Shane come out, run down his, his understanding of the Simone dynasty, how he's already 
Uh, he's, he's pretty much, I don't want to say above them, but, you know, he's being heel Shane, so he's talking, you know, and, and <laughs> eventually we're introduced to his uh, his competitor, well, excuse me, his opponent, who I thought it was Sean Maluda. No, it turns out to be Lance Anoa'i. That is Roman, well, he's cousin to Roman Reigns. So, him and Shane have a match. Shane beats him up. I always enjoy seeing Shane's segments when he's fighting. Maybe, maybe, uh, last, like, last time the internet was uh, starting to sour on Shane. And maybe after Super Showdown, uh, Shane could take a break. Because we have been seeing a lot of him. And though he's been safe and being an ass, I mean, he's the boss's son. So he can do it. We can do what he wants. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, if we're listening to the crowd, you know, then, you know, hey, if main people on the internet is just, you know, like they want, I guess let's say like this, they want to see other people get opportunities. And they're all, they're not even uh, high on Drew McIntyre right now being like a form of henchman for the boss's son. Like, I, I'm, I'm not against it, but just listening to all the people on the internet against it is like, well, perhaps maybe WWE uh, should pay attention to that because we know that WWE does indeed listen to the fans, believe it or not, you know, barely totally listens to the podcast. So, <laughs> it's, uh, hi, Bailey. No hugs. But, um, it's, uh, uh hey. I think it's it, it, it's an idea, you know. But right now, Shane in the ring beating up on Roman's cousin. It's hilarious to see Shane beat up on Roman's cousin. He's actually really quick. His hands are fast, and at times he seems a bit stiff. But when Shane, you could tell if Shane let loose, man, it's gonna be a flurry on you. Yeah, so. Real, real good stuff from Shane. Triangle Choke is, eh, I mean, he's Shane. Not even talking down on him. Like, I think the, you know, it, his local competition is supposed to be, like, suspension of disbelief, Shane kicked his ass. <laughs> so, it was good stuff. Shaw, see, I'm about to call him Shaw Maluda again. Anyway, no, Lance Anoa'i, Roman's cousin, he, um, he, he had a great drop kick, which was, probably one of the highlights of his offense it was good and it woke the crowd up most of the crowd was you know chanting we all know there is the early emotional storm we're just gonna see how uh the competition continues to brew uh so shane picks up the victory after drew mcintyre pretty much beat the guy up beforehand and that was that match. Uh, he, so Shane has him in the triangle and he's talking some more. And, oh, I wish I'd be doing this stuff right now. I think that's Roman's dad. So, oh, and it's just a seek one of them. But he said he'd be doing it to them right now. I wish they were here. Quite disrespectful. It took a minute to get Roman out there. But when Roman came out, I personally thought it was going to be a... Um, what was it? I thought he was going to hit a spear from uh, the ramp on Drew. Nah, Superman punched the Drew. Superman punched the Shane. He was going for a spear on Shane. Goodness. 
it made me think, what does Shane McMahon look like taking a spear? Oh, man, I hope he's going to be all right. Because <laughs> Roman's no small dude. But, um, yeah, it was uh, good. It was real good. Drew pulled him out, and that was uh, that. Was that. So we'll see how the matchup uh, continues as we, you know, march forward to Super Showdown. All right, so we're going to try again with this uh, opening segment. Um, Seth, Brock, Paul in the ring, and Brock is about to tell everybody who he chooses. So Paul Heyman begins to read uh, the clauses and stipulations in the contract, brings up the fact that the money in the bank contract can, uh, you know, you pretty much hold it for a year. We all know. And... Apparently, Brock did it. So now that this has come to Brock's attention, smacks him up with the paper shit. It's hilarious. The backhand at first, the back, the back, well, that was that was good stuff. I think it made everybody chuckle. But no, the, in all seriousness, Brock Lesnar now realizes that he has a year to cash in so he doesn't have to really, you know, rush his decision at all. And now there's always that looming threat of whether or not Brock will cash in or not. He, he's been sticking around. We've been seeing him on TV. So, hey, this is what you all wanted, right? You wanted to see Brock Lesnar? He's out there. He's having more fun. He's acting. Oh, man, he's he's being the Brock Lesnar that I... I We knew he could be back in the days with the mariachi segments, but... I knew that it was there now. And we even got him on the microphone. So, you know, it was good stuff. And, uh, hey, if they have to, he has a year. You know, he has a year to cash in. So everybody just get on their P's and Q's and just pay attention. Keep your head on a swivel. Because at any given moment's notice, here comes the beast in the bank. Trying to ensure that he walks away with another championship reign. You know, and I, hey, uh, it's, it's good stuff. You know, I think that Kofi and Seth are ready for it at, you know, any time. Apparently, just looking at how they've, uh, how they've been uh, reacting to, you know, Brock coming out. I don't think it's the wisest idea to try to gold the beast. But these guys are champions for a reason. So they're willing to stand up in the face of of all of that and say, look, I've gotten this championship and I'm going to defend it way more and way better than you ever have. That's what Seth is pretty much saying as the Beast Slayer. Uh, Kofi is essentially cementing his legacy and making sure that everyone knows that he's not just the pancake throwing, joking around, happy, smiley, go lucky WWE superstar that's just happy to be here. He knows where he's at and he understands how sharp his iron needs to be so he's doing everything that he is supposed to do and he's he's man i think personally kofi kingston is being booked in a way that makes the wwe championship look like the look the way it's supposed to look and feel the way it's supposed to feel so all in all i think it's good stuff i'm not upset about it at all i've been enjoying uh both runs and it's uh it runs you <laughs> see doodle jokes see i'm i'm slightly immature at times but 
anyway, um, like, like I said, I like the way that the uh, WWE Championship and Universal Championship right now being, you know, uh, showed on television. And we're getting championship matches in so many senses. Granted, they're all Sami Zayn. But at the same time, the the Sami Zayn fans are eating it up. I think that uh, everybody that enjoys seeing the championships gain some form of prestige would you would enjoy what's going on. And if you're complaining about it, well, won't you book the product? But let's get into the next segment. All right, Nikki Cross, the Iconics, and the man Becky Lynch. Nikki Cross and Becky Lynch on the same team, tagging up against the Raw. Well, excuse me. Well, or the graphic said the Raw Women's Tag Team Champions. I'm going to call a typo on that. It's a lot of stuff going on. The machine moves fast. I'm not going to sit here and hold it against WWE. It was just a, a different type of night in Kansas City last night. And so, you know, it is what it is. Whatever. The women's tag team champions, the Iconics, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, went at it again. Went, well, yeah, they went at it with uh, Nikki Cross and the man Becky Lynch. Good match. Good athleticism. Becky came in off the hot tag. Nikki was getting worked over. Hot tag Becky. Whoo! It was something else. The crowd came unglued for her, first of all. And then, man, I tell you, Becky Lynch was really... Uh, you know, showing her her athleticism. I still say her aerial combat uh, needs a little bit of work. Her leaps are what they are. So let's just say uh, nobody should skip leg day. You know, you, she you, CrossFit G pray to CrossFit Jesus and He will bless you. You know, so I but but what I will say is she did get an excellent extension. I think it was the second rope. Uh, flying forearm that she tried to hit, uh, well she did successfully connect with, but uh, it was, the her extension was great, it it made me chuckle in a great way, like it, she, she did a thing and so, um, not bad not bad it was a good match, manhandle slam apparently this is a move that Becky used to do and she just put it away for a little while, so Vampire, she pull out the old tool in the toolbox. Ain't rusty at all. It looked, a, well, maybe it looked a little rusty. But I'm pretty sure that with more practice, as the superstars continue to, you know, receive that move from Becky, it's going to look great. And in my opinion, I think it looks fine. I like Becky doing it. I like Becky going into it. And because I've never personally seen it done, I've, I liked the one, two, three. I think the consensus is we all wanted to see Becky with a pinning finisher. You know, the disarm her is cool and it's she's got a lot of mileage out of it. But we want we want to see some impact. Like I think and, and Becky's the perfect character for it. Like, ah, knock you out. And now you can really say that as opposed to, yeah, I'll make you tap out and you'll probably go to sleep from all of the pain because that's about as far as it could go. And so it's, it was good stuff. Shouts to Nikki Cross. Uh, we all hope Alexa Bliss is all right. Funny, you, know, you just noticed from last week, the revival claimed to be want to be on the next episode. A um, moment of Bliss said it was going to happen next week. This didn't happen. We didn't even see Bliss on the show. It's all right. No problem. Just small things we noticed. Probably they'll be the next uh, guests. Oh my goodness, sorry, that part of me. But uh, I guess be the next guests 
on a moment of bliss when they do decide to have the segment, if they decide to have the segment. But um, uh, all in all, I think it was just uh, the shows get full and TV time is, I think, just having the characters on TV and the way they're having them on TV right now is a quick fix that uh, while, while it's being fixed, the healing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you put a Band-Aid on, you don't see how the healing takes place, but the healing is totally happening. So, I'm um, I'm willing to still ride with it, and it was a good tag match. Now, the Iconics losing, uh, it, I think they were picking up singles victories. So, if you're picking up singles victories, then not bad. But, you know, as a tag team, as the women's tag team champions, y'all are losing. Uh... Man, happy belated birthday to Natty, by the way. Shouts to the Usos uh, for shouting that out. And, you know, it, it's a good way for WWE to show that they, they're not... You want to wish the best wishes, you know, to any and all that, you know, try to, you know, start you know start out on some endeavors. You know, like they're they going and doing their thing, so... Uh, we're just gonna see how they can handle the the sea the same way the WWE ship has for all of these years now. You know, uh, got to be a long uphill climb. I'll say that. But um, oh no, like I said, good tag team match. We want to see the women's tag team champions uh, do better. You know, like in ring, they they stepping up. Outfits are great, and we all know they're hot and stuff like that. So, it's uh, it's just a matter of picking up some victories now. Maybe they can beat up some local enhancement talent just to keep them looking strong. Because we we all wanted the women's tag team championships. I was really hoping for the women's tag team championships. I believe there's even an episode where I, where I wrote a letter to Stephanie. It, well, I didn't write it, but you know, it's like I was trying to send it out, and I think Sasha shouted it out. Or something like that, but whatever. Anyway, um, like I said, it was a good tag team match. We'll just see how the the segments continue to evolve. Wait, 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 wait. Because Lacey Evans made her appearance. She came on down, came on down the ramp, then sashayed back up the ramp. And I was, uh, you know, very pleased, very pleased to see. Uh, the sassy Southern Belle doing her thing. So, whatever. TV time for everyone, right? Now, in our match of the evening, we had Ricochet taking on Cesaro. Thank you, Bailey. Thank you, Bailey, for, for putting them on to the magic that I sensed. Because, boy, oh boy, did they not disappoint. Cesaro and... Oh man, Ricochet went in there and they they were they proved that they could keep up with each other. They proved that they were talent. You know, it's funny. You get this little energy with with Cesaro every time he gets in there and it's like, man, this guy he's fighting and I mean, we got it with Sheamus. So it seems the feeling is the same with Ricochet. I don't know. We want to see a best of seven. That's kind of what they're talking about. But we don't know. We're going to see. Maybe it can culminate at uh, one of the one of the events coming up, one of the pay-per-views. We don't know. But it's 
we're gonna see. <laughs> it was a great match, though. So many spots that I just do not want to call out because it was just so much good stuff. The Hurricanrana, it was real smooth. Hurricanrana finish into a pin and predicament. Shouts to Cesaro for being able to pick that man up and be able to hold him around and hoist him. And it was just good all around athleticism. A good wrestling match, however you want to call it. That was an entertaining take on combat sports. Very, very cool. Very good match. Go back watch it yourself if you didn't see it go to the WWE youtube channel and see some of those highlights i know it probably made the top 10 it definitely was a match of the night for me cesaro went in there and showed out and ricochet went in there and showed out the same way ricochet picked up the victory oh man mr 630 he didn't really he landed on his feet he was okay turned around and cesaro came through with the largest European uppercut we have ever seen. I've never seen a sell on the European uppercut like that, and I've never seen Cesaro come from that low. And we, we know Cesaro, done, he done did some damage with that European uppercut throughout the years. He done, done put teeth through lips. He done knocked people out then and yo, Cesaro with that. And he's so strong and all of that. So, man, and he's taking his fair share of lumps. So he is just no slouch. I think we're just waiting to see what he has on the microphone. And, man, put a rocket on him. Him and Ricochet could be a cool tag team of, you know, power and agility maybe. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say they don't have a look together, you know. But I will say that they definitely have... A form of chemistry that all of us in the WWE universe have taken notice to. I've been wanting to see both of them in the money in the bank. So now we've gotten the opportunity to see them, at, you know, one-on-one -on -one in the ring on Monday Night Raw. So, man, great, great stuff. I enjoyed that match. I I liked it, man. So, shouts to both of them. Oh, no. Rey Mysterio has a dislocated shoulder, which sucks. And now he's not going to be able to defend the United States Championship. Therefore, he uh, has to relinquish that title next week on Monday Night Raw. You know who uh, is happy about that? Samoa Joe. Because even though he took a hit and he's, you know, left a little bloody, he's still standing tall. He's out there and he's still ready to go. He, he, he never lost his championship. Shoulder was up. Ref missed it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and, um, yeah, he's going to show up next week and he's going to take his championship back. Now, are they going to just let Samoa Joe have his championship back? He does have a legitimate argument. I think Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio, as I said last week, would have put on a great match. Now, who, who, who is going to be able to give Joe a great show? The thought that comes to mind, wild card would be Ali. I don't know. I think that 
you know, being the fact that he's a SmackDown superstar, it would be weird for him to try to head over to Raw. I think Ali and Andrade are in something busy right now. So a Raw superstar to take on Samoa Joe. I mean, maybe we could throw two or three in there. Uh, what's Mojo Raleigh doing? You know, I, good title defense for Joe. I think Mojo could use the uh, television time in new character. The 24-7 division clearly looks busy uh, following around the ghost of our truth <laughs> because clearly he's a whole new man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. But we'll see how that segment plays out next week. Could it be even Dominic? We don't know. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, we'll see what happens next week. But all in all, uh, for right now, it's looking like Joey is the United States champion again. But we're just going to have to find out. All right. Baron Corbin replaces AJ Styles, who is injured, apparently. Get well soon, AJ. Get Rest up, man. Come on, champ. We know you all right. But uh, AJ Styles was replaced by Baron Corbin in a fatal four-way uh, elimination match. Uh, for, and the winner would uh, see the Universal Champion Seth Rollins at Super Showdown with the Beast in the Bank looming, like always. So, um, it was Baron Corbin versus The Miz versus... Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Hmm. The funny part of that match, before the match even began, first of all, they had all of the uh, backstage vignettes and promos. Miz uh, had his, and um, I think uh, Bobby Lashley had his last, and Braun Strowman, maybe, maybe, whatever. Braun Strowman was the uh, highlight of that segment, though. It was, uh, you know, I'm gonna. First of all, what is it? What do you, what do you call out first? I'm a, whatever, Barry Corbin. You about to get these hands, Miss. Want to wish you congratulations on your kid. And Bobby Lashley, you gonna get these hands too. <laughs> but congratulations, Miss. But and then it, it happened something like that. But we all know it was. I thought it was funny. You call it awkward if you want. Again, this is live television, and some of these things. You just, you know, that was one of those organic comical spots. I liked it. I thought it was funny. And maybe they could actually start running this with Braun. Could show a, a more, a, you know, a, a more nice side. But only for a split second and go right back to being the monster amongst men. But we don't know because it was just, you know, it it, it could have been. It, we could have struck gold with that one. It seemed like something, but. Whatever. All in all, they went out there, had the match four, four men out there just going in. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman <coughs> eventually fight out into the crowd. But this is after Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin showed, you know, that they still could do the little teamwork thing because they took out Braun Strowman months ago with the elbow surgery. Either way, uh, it was it was a good match. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley fight out into the crowd. They get lost in the shuffle. Don't even know what happened to them. So... Uh, they were eliminated just by the rules because you're not going to find them and pull them back to the ring if they're just going to fight like that. Whatever. Miz. There's some stuff where Miz is 
improving, but then there's some stuff where Miz is just totally awesome. Miz is improving with putting his heart out there. And I mean literally going out there in the ring and leaving it all in there. Miz doing springboards. I don't even... I, maybe I maybe I just haven't been paying attention. But Miz doing springboards? Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> and, um, you know, the yes kicks, he's made it his own. Almost harkens back to that John Cena promo. But, nah, Miz is... Miz is somebody that gets the pass with me for being, a, you know, taking other superstars' moves and really just doing his own thing with him. You know, the it kicks, they, they were good. And then when he did the little, the knees in the corner made me laugh because usually Daniel Bryan does the the little drop kick into a backflip, but Miz ain't doing all that. <laughs> so he did the two knees, and then on the third one, he did the little clothesline, and he sat onto the rope. That is a nice little add into his, into the way he, you know, presents his moveset. Very, very nice, Miz. I thought that was awesome. And I hate to say this this many times, but come on, you're doing your thing, man. Um, no jokes. No jokes. But um, ultimately, Bobby Lashley, excuse me, not Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin was able to catch one. Miz went to the well a couple of times. And uh, pardon me. Miz went to the well a couple of times too many. And Baron Corbin was able to uh, pick him up for the end of days when he ran into the corner. Good stuff, good match. Baron Corbin's taking on Seth freaking Rollins for the Universal Championship at Saudi Mania 3, Super Showdown, June 7th, streaming live on the WWE Network. All right, Firefly Funhouse. Uh, apparently, uh, Bray Wyatt has been in limbo, and that's where he has Abigail. I'm guessing this is from that Randy Orton segment a long time ago. And, you know, Bray's constantly been talking about Abigail for years now, so... Uh, why won't you free me from this limbo? Oh, I'll never free you. Great stuff. Paper plate mask. Calls himself the fiend. Side gets his confidence back. Hey, you know, hey, I, I'm not mad at it. I think Bray Wyatt is a great superstar. We want to see how it will translate to the end ring. But I think since he's slimmed down and we haven't seen him in a while, it's going to be great to see him. But did somebody say limbo because that's where Bray Wyatt uh, did the little... You know, with the little walk he does, little curly walk with the bridge underneath the uh, limbo bar. And the little kids with the sombrero and his little brother or whatever, I assume. It was straight facing the whole time. It's just an odd, it's just different. And it's something that people have really taken a liking to. So, hey, Firefly Funhouse, if people like it, then people get it. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's Bray Wyatt at his, at his best incarnation thus far. So that was, that was good stuff. Uh, 24-7 championship on the line all the time. What the hell? Pardon me. On the line all the time. Give me a moment, please. And they get backstage at the Uso block party under the tent. Truth running. Uh, making all stuff happen. Oh, also they did it during the segment with uh, Brock Lesnar after the fact. Earlier it was uh, that was a great moment where they just had a lot of great spots in the ring and outside of the ring. True was able to run through the crowd. And then they get backstage to the block party, and it was uh, definitely uh, 
uh, form of athleticism shown from our troop to be able to, uh, you know, kick out out of nowhere with, uh, who was it, Kalisto trying to pin him, and then, you know, the whole 24-7 gang, what is it, uh, look, I'm not about to sit here and go into the names, all these people were showcased on television, I'm happy they were, <laughs> it was, it's funny, but, um, all in all, uh, our truth gets off, and, well, he, he escapes into the night once again with the 24-7 championship, him and Carmella, so, LOL with that, and, um, I think, what do we have, the main event coming up next, let's see, alright, the electric chair segment with Sami Zayn, uh, apparently the WWE Universe gets to ask anything that they care to ask, and, um, they, they the debate online is whether or not they had plants in the crowd. The pure crowd seemed real, but I will say that they segued into the Universal uh, Championship match rather well with the last guy, asking why is he not going for it, and well maybe the second to last guy I think maybe who knows either way said why you not going for it. He said I go for it anytime I want. I think it was the last guy. So he go for it anytime he want. He's just not interested in doing it right now, but he could beat Seth Rollins anytime he chose. Okay, we're just gonna have to see how that would have happened. But um, that's pretty much how that went. Seth Rollins came out, destroyed the chair, and we got into the main event where those two went at it for, I believe, the Universal Championship where Seth Rollins did pick up the victory. But uh, that segment was... You know, you want to get the WWE Universe involved and... You know, crowd interaction. People would have complained if it were plants asking like planted questions, but then to see what happens when you give these people in the crowd a live microphone, it's like, oh gosh, <laughs> you know. So, um, uh, all in all, the highlight of that segment was uh, uh, Sammy telling the crowd that they could have asked him about the, the the competition and. The crowd went crazy for it, and they definitely, um, what is it, they, you know, they, they, the chant started, but this was where Seth Rollins came out, and we had the uh, Universal Championship match. Seth wins, good stuff, and, uh, you know, it's uh, going to be very interesting a couple of months leading into October and beyond. You know, it's going to be uh, something else to be to be real. So we'll see exactly how, uh, <laughs> you know, the the Universal Championship happens and how it all plays out. All in all, I think it was an all right episode of Raw. It was a little bit this week just as far as some forms of presentation went. But... I did enjoy the show. I had fun watching it. I laughed a lot. You know, it was moments where it's like, wow, we really are going to probably see, you know, Brock Lesnar do this whole trolling thing for the rest of the year, you know, and these guys are just going to go crazy, uh, Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, with paranoia because they want to defend the championship, but they want to do it at 100%. And Brock Lesnar doesn't seem like the type that's going to try to go in and do that with them at 100%. He's going to take his spot. Real, real smart type. And I'm 
Um, I, I, I like the idea because it makes people want to tune into the show. It, you you want to pay attention to what's going to happen. The 24-7 championship, as it continues to gain traction, you know, it could happen on social media. It could happen uh, somewhere else. We don't know. It could happen on one of the shows backstage. So, you know, WWE right now, I think, are planting seeds. And by the time we get to the Fox move and SmackDown and maybe the full eradication of the brand split and all, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. You know, but Ronda Rousey's at home resting, but she's still with the company. A lot of things happen. And then, you know, the looming competition, you know, trying to put their flag in the ground and say, look, y'all can have that over there, but this is ours. The the, the Vince McMahon I know is going to take that territory too, but we got to get there first. So good farmer knows how to plant seeds and keep them healthy. And that's what I think is starting to take place right now. And also going to happen tonight on SmackDown Live. So, this is Blake. I'll catch you guys later. This was a long one. I was really trying to go into detail with some of the stuff I've seen in the show last night because it was fun. And, uh, you know, if I appreciate you listening. So, I just wanted to give you a little bit more of the insight into, you know, my opinion on the product. So, all that being said, shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. Thank you to the writers and everybody over at WWE Digital. And um, I will catch you guys tomorrow night for SmackDown Live. Peace out. One love.